Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. Okay, gives me a great pleasure to uh, invite Mark and Rachel. Why don't we give them a big clap? Mark, Rachel, it's really great to um, have you here. This week, or a couple of weeks ago, actually, I was um, able to go around to Mark and Rachel's, hear about their story, hear about how God's been um, working through their lives and in the times of struggle. And it's been an absolute honor to hear about, about your story and for you to share. So you're in for a real treat this morning um, to hear um, from a great couple, um, in many, many respects, with an ordinary faith. Um, but a, a journey with an ex- extraordinary God. So, do you want to introduce yourselves? How did you meet? We all love a love story. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Um, I'm Rachel, as you know. I'm Mark. <laughs> um, so, we first met um, when I was two and Mark was seven. <laughs> um, my mum had moved to Cheel Hume and took us to the local church, which was St Andrew's on Cheel Road. And the first person that spoke to my mum was Mark's mum. And they just got chatting, and my mum was saying, oh, here are my, my two girls, because Miriam wasn't born at that time. Um, and Mark's mum said, oh, that's my, my boys there. There's one there, little redhead, running around. Strawberry blonde. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but clearly, we, we didn't get together at that point, because that would just be very strange. Um, so that was much later. Um, Mark's younger brother was my friend, and so I sort of got to know Mark a little bit once he got back from uni, and I thought, actually, he's quite nice. Um, To be honest, she stalked me, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I had, it was my 18th birthday, and so I said to my friend, oh, can you ask Mark to come along? Um, He came along, and six months later, we got engaged. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And how long have you been married? Talk us through that. Yeah, we've got a we've got a picture to show you actually. Oh, Look at that. Yeah. Now the rules were different then. You could get married when you were twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've had the privilege of being married to this beautiful lady for thirty years. Yay. Just the other day, actually, just a few days ago, first of July. So thank you for having me for all that time. Oh. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why don't you, Mark, um, explain to us, how did you become a Christian? How did you decide to, to give your life to God? Yeah, I first made a commitment when I was a young boy. When I was about nine-ish, I went to a, a, a rally, I think it was called, in those days. And there was a, an evangelist there who was speaking about God and about being a Christian I wasn't really listening. Um, I was probably flicking the ear of the person in front or something. And at the end of the conference, I went and bought a whole sheet of stickers that said things like, God is great, praise the Lord, you know. And there were little red stickers. One of them said, I am a Christian. And I just grabbed it. I thought, I'll have that one. And I stuck it on. (laughs) Thought that did the job. So I stuck it on, and on the way home, my mum was driving along, and I was in the front seat, 
And she looked over and she said, Mark, what is that sticker you've got on? Because she was a bit posh, my mum. And um, I said, well, it's, it's, it's just, a, just a sticker, you know. She said, well, Mark, are you a Christian? So I said, well, uh, got the sticker, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Anyway, there, it goes that my mum challenged me a little bit and then removed my sticker. <laughs> and it went in a little pot on her dressing table for a year or so, I think. And then a, a year or so later, I did actually come to faith. I made a decision as a young boy to give my life to Jesus. And I told my mum, I told my dad, and my mum pulled out the sticker, which was completely wrecked by then. <laughs> gave it me back all covered in dust but never mind the sticker didn't matter it was at that point that I decided that I did want to be a Christian but it wasn't until I was a lot older though I really started living out my Christian faith so many of people will know Mark and, and what he's done um, with his faith but faith being such a huge thing for you in 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 almost your ministry and talk to us about that what what got you started in in actually working for the Lord full-time well I met my other wife, Zark, <laughs> um, many years ago, and we, form, we formed a band. There's a lovely picture there. Um, all I can say is... I have is, to say, I thought they, those boxer boots were really fit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it's, it's coming back in fashion, you're that old, Mark. <laughs> I might get them out again. I mean, you never know. Uh, no, um... <laughs> okay. No, I won't, don't worry. Uh, so, I met Zark at... At music college, and we formed a band called Except for Access, and it was a sort of 80s pop band. And it was then that we started doing one or two schools, and it was then that we did the first message event with Andy Hawthorne. And so, we, because we'd seen how music can touch young people, that's when it started, really. And then, a few years later, we formed the Worldwide Message Tribe. And that, they were exciting years. We, we did an awful lot of ministry. It was very exciting. We saw thousands of people come to faith. We did endless schools weeks. We toured Europe. We had a, a record deal in the States as well as here. We toured America. We did all sorts of exciting things. Uh, it was very exciting. And as you know, after I got a bit old and fat, Tim and Emma took over. <laughs> and uh, so, so, but those years really did plant in me a hunger for using music in ministry and for seeing seeing lives change. This picture here illustrates how old you can get. Um, <laughs> you see us there with bizarre costumes on. I don't know who was in charge of the uh, fashion department, but there we are, uh, myself, Zark in the middle with a bizarre hat, and Andy Hawthorne there with his shades. And there we are, just not so long ago, celebrating, how long was it, Emma? I don't know. 25, yeah. 20 years, 25 was it, 25 years and so we got together again. But those early years really did inspire me. The only thing was, to be completely honest, I was so busy, my head got in a bit of a muddle. And I have to say that I didn't spend enough time at home with my wife, my beautiful wife, and my then one daughter called Georgia. And we had all sorts of ploys because... When I was away, Rach, she'll, she'll tell you about this period a bit later, but 
She used to be in charge of discipline in Georgia when I, when I was off on tour. None. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she struggled a bit. So I was like the ogre who used to come back, but I, I didn't want to be this ogre who came back. So what we did was we set up this system, which I didn't, I didn't use initially. We started to stick a chart, but as time went on, you know, we got into other ministries and we, we got into other bands and we did, all, we did things like the band We No Name and TBC and we did uh, Shine and Vienna. You, remind, you might remember some of these. And this was an ongoing problem was leaving Georgia and how are we going to cope with it? So we set up this system and it was called the Dwarf system because this was how Georgia said dwarf. She said dwarf. You see, it was quite cute. Now what happened was, if she behaved herself, just give us a wave, George, so everyone knows who you. Stand up a moment, stand up. <laughs> yeah, dwarf. you can sit down again now. She's so, a good girl now, by the way. She's, she's good now, she's good now. But what used to happen was, if she was good while I was away, yeah, she would get a reward, and the reward was that's yours. This is mine. The reward was dwarf. The reward was a dwarf. Aren't they cute? And the only thing was, she did have to be one hundred percent. She couldn't have one black mark. They had to be gold stars for every day while I was away. And I remember one time I was away. Oh, there she is, look. That's the days of the dwarfs. <laughs> and while I was away, she behaved and she got a dwarf or a dwarf. If she didn't, she got a black mark. Mostly she got dwarfs. There were six times, I think that needs a clap actually, six times. <laughs> She got the reward. On one occasion, I was in a minibus with one of the bands. I think it was uh, Vienna, was it? I can't remember. But it was one of the bands I was with. And I rang Rach, said, how's things? How's Georgia been? Usual sort of chat. And uh, she said, oh, no. I sold her. She, she wasn't getting it. And the whole bus went, no, Georgia! <laughs> no! And that she didn't get, I had it ready as well. I even had it sat on a spare aircraft seat on the way home. <laughs> but when I got home, it had to go in the cupboard. And, uh, but anyway, that was, that was one of the fun things we did to encourage her. But I've got to say, on the serious side, this is how I think it goes now. I think it goes God, wife and family. Other people, relationships, and then you work. And that includes if you are in Christian ministry. And it took me a long, long time to learn that lesson. I think I've got the hang of it mostly now. But it took me a long time to learn that lesson. And I did do a lot of damage to family life. And I just wanted to tell you that I had to learn to get my priorities right. And it was tough. So... The Worldwide Message Tribe, Shine, Vienna, the Bamboo, different ministries that I've been involved in over the years, they're fantastic. People get saved. But relationships are more important than projects. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, I, I'd love the story about when you did, when you had your white suit on and you did, can you just tell that one? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, one gig in the early days when... Um, we were at Flavo Festival, and we had all white on. The whole band was dressed in white. And Cameron Dante had joined the band, and he was a bit of a nutter. And uh, he said to me, he said to me, uh, 
you know what, Mark? We should uh, go crowd surfing. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, you know what's coming, don't you? I'm like, really? You know, I was always a bit cautious trying to hold Andy and Cameron back a bit, trying to make sure it all works from a production point of view. But he was like, no, mate, it'd be great, it'd be great. Just run as fast as you can. You know, dive as if you're diving into a swimming pool and off you'll go around the crowd. And I'm thinking, there were like 10, 15,000 people there. And I'm thinking, yeah, this actually, I got convinced. I thought, you know, this could be great. So anyway, it came to the end of the set. We did our last song. It was absolutely heaving. Cameron dived off first, dived off the stage, went sailing off like he said. I thought, this is a doddle. I'm going to do it. I went. The crowd parted like the Red Sea. <laughs> so I dived into the mud in my white outfit and had the embarrassment of a Dutch bloke coming. I can't do a, can't do a Dutch accent. Came up and said, are you okay? <laughs> and sort of took me around the back you know, sorted me out. Sad it was, absolutely sad. <laughs> One side black, the other side yeah, white. It was, it, was all, it was a bad moment, a very bad moment. <laughs> what have you learned from that moment, Mark? Don't go crowd surfing, <laughs> especially in white. <laughs> and also don't listen to Cameron Dante. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel, why don't you tell us how you became a Christian? So I always, I grew up always knowing um, about the gospel. And so kind of just grew into faith, but it was very much a head knowledge rather than anything else. And then about four years ago in this church, there were, we were having a time of worship. And I was standing up, I had my eyes closed. And in my mind's eye, I could picture Jesus on the cross and I was kneeling at the foot of the cross. And all of a sudden, I looked up and I saw Jesus reaching down towards me, and and he said, Rachel, and I actually heard, I heard the word, and that just changed everything for me. I changed it to a real, a wow moment, a real heart thing. That's incredible, yeah. So for you, for you, about four years ago, recommitment and... And, and then from there. But could we just go back? So Mark's, obviously, his music ministry is taking off. He's away a lot of time. How was that for you at home, um, looking after the children and, and also picking up the pieces behind, you know, while Mark was doing these amazing things around the world? Yeah, it was very, very mixed. While, while I knew, of it, to start with, it was fine. To start with, there was just the two of us. Georgia, Georgia arrived two years later. And that, that was absolutely fine. I would go along and sort of get a bit involved. Um, then, like I say, two years after Georgia arrived, and that was a real blessing, because for me, the only thing I ever wanted to do in life was be a mummy. So I was, you know, I was very happy about that. And, um, but like you say, the, the ministry was really taking off. And while I knew that that was a really good thing, and I was really proud of what Mark was doing, um, he was just hugely busy. He was working. He'd get up at, I think he'd leave the house at like six on a Monday morning, go into school, set up. He'd be working all through the week, um, out in the evenings doing rehearsals and other stuff. Then on a Friday night, there'd be a concert at the school. You'd come back sort of late Friday. Saturday morning, be up really early because it's, particularly in the summer, there'd be a lot of festivals in Europe. So... Um, I'd take him up to the airport on, on a Saturday morning, drop him off, and I would, or I would drive to my mum's after I dropped him, 
and cry all over my mum saying, how do I compete with God? Because I felt very much that Georgia and I were, were very much second place and I just couldn't understand it. But at the same time, I knew what he was doing was, was a really great thing, so it, it was really, really confusing. Um, so that really damaged how I felt about God. It also wasn't great for our marriage. And over time, that happened, you know, years and years on year on year. Over time, I actually grew to hate everything about the tribe and the message, which I'm really sad to say. I mean, I'm over it now. <laughs> it's okay now. <laughs> but at the time, it was just so damaging. Um, and meanwhile, while that was all happening, um, soon after Georgia was born, I became quite ill. Um, I had no energy, absolutely no appetite, was stick thin, pale as anything. And then I started collapsing. And I would get, they'd call an ambulance, that would get taken into Stepping Hill. They'd give me a bag of glucose, which sort of perked me up enough for them to think, well, she's okay now, we'll send her home. That cycle happened uh, for six years. And then um, in January 2000, Mark's mum said to me, God's going to do something amazing in your life this year. And at that point, I was so far away from God, I just thought, are you having a laugh? There's just, there's just no way. And actually, when, when she said it, I thought, well, there is only one thing that I want God to do in my life, and that was for him to give me another child. Because um, we had sort of hoped we would have had, had another baby by that point, but it just hadn't worked. So that was January 2000. And then in June of that year, I had another collapse, which was really quite a bad one this time. I got taken back into Stepping Hill and went into a coma. Um, the doctor took Mark into a little room, one of those moments, and just said to him, this is not going to end well. Rachel will either be brain damaged or she'll die. Um, when he came out of speaking with the doctor, he, he spoke, my, my older sister was there, well, all the family was there, but my older sister came and took him to one side and said, I know God is not going to let either of those things happen. I just know he's not going to. So they told him that I had viral encephalitis, which is an infection on the brain. And to treat that, they gave me a bag of steroids. Um, it actually wasn't the right diagnosis, but the treatment they gave me was what I needed. It turns out that I have to, after a lot of testing and an awful lot of medical students <laughs> visiting, um, it, it turns out that they diagnosed um, a condition called isolated ACTH deficiency, which is a steroid deficiency. So I don't make steroids, everybody makes steroids naturally throughout the day, but I, I don't. Um, at that point, um, when I was diagnosed, I was one of 60 cases in the world, so it's really, really rare, which is why they had taken six years to find it. So I was sent home, I was stayed in hospital for a couple of weeks while they monitored me, gave me um, tablets throughout the day. Everything seemed to be okay, I seemed to be well. They, they think, thought they'd cracked it. Sent me home with a bag of tablets and a warning <laughs> saying, now that you're well and everything's better and all your body systems are all working fine, just be careful that you don't get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, it's just no way, it's not happened forever. So 
we're all fine on that score. And then I had um, I was given uh, referred to um, an endocrinologist at Christie's who I still see, I will always see. Um, and I had a letter from them saying they wanted to do an MRI scan to see exactly what damage was on my pituitary gland. And on in the pack that they sent me, it was sort of old-fashioned days, not email, but you get, actually got a letter. And within that was um, a, a consent form, and I had to sign this consent form, and one of the questions was, are you pregnant? And I thought, well, I'm not, but I better just double-check just to make sure. Did a test, and it came up positive. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Rang Mark and said, where are you? Are you sitting down? <laughs> uh, and there began Ella. <laughs> So, a huge, oh, huge yeah. miracle. There she is. There's Ella, yeah. So, if we just go back, Mark, you said how you, you now have learned how to put your priorities in order, but for you, when this was going on at home, your music ministry was taking off, you were seeing God do incredible things, which must have felt like you were doing the right thing, you were following God's call, but how, what was the process in learning those priorities? It's an ongoing battle, to be honest. It first started in the early days, and we went away um, when things had got really stressful during the time of the Worldwide Message Tribe, and a guy called David Huggett. Do you remember Joyce Huggett? She used to write books on sex, I think. And uh, yeah, You think? <laughs> I think. Yeah. I never read them, but anyway. Uh. <laughs> um, so they were from a Christian perspective. Um, and David was her husband, and I went to see uh, David, well, we both went, didn't we, to Cyprus. And I told him about, we went for a break and to try and sort me out and slow me down and get my priorities right. And he looked at me after I'd explained what a great ministry I was in, and he just looked at me and said, well, what makes you think God's pleased with that? <laughs> which was a bit shocking because um, I thought he was about to pat me on the back but anyway it was a very challenging question and I, I think he was deliberately provoking me but he had a point God was pleased with the fact that people were getting saved but he wasn't pleased with the fact that my wife wasn't coming out, you know where, he sh where she should be and where my, my family wasn't coming where they should be so it was, from there it was an ongoing process and I, I mean I think I'm still learning but it, it you know, it's, it's, changed, it's changed my thinking. Yeah. And, and obviously, you've had health struggles. So uh, could you talk us through that? And um, particularly yeah. as well, how your faith's come through through those times. Yeah, so the last few years have been tough. Um, I, I used to love sport. I mean, I, I love music and I love songwriting. You know, I, um, I love uh, all that side of what I've done over the years. But I also love sport. And, of course, I'm a Manchester City fan. Um, I also love cricket, which is driving Rach mad at the moment because the World Cup's on and, you know, it just drives her crazy because she can't stand it. But, but I really do... I did love squash as well and I loved being active and I loved staying fit. And then a few years ago, I found out that I needed two replacement hips because I'd worn them out running. And it was a bit of a shocker, but little did I know there was much more shocking things to come. But at the time, it was, it was hard, and I was really struggling to get my head around it. And God took me through some really difficult times uh, in hospital, uh, some funny times as well. Um, I think I've told some of you about my experience in Wrightington Hospital, where 
where I, I went in to have my hip done. And when I came out, I was in a bit of a mess, as you are when you've had a hip replacement. And the nurses there in Risington, they're all broad Lancashire ladies. And they, they said to me, you know, what's your name? I said, well, my name's, my name's Mark. She said, well, we've got David. I said, no, well, what it is is I'm called David Mark, but my main name's Mark. She said, Mavis, we've got a right one here. Um, I said, no, look, that's how it is anyway. Can you just put my name up on the thing? Because you've got David at the moment. Do you mind if it says Mark? Yeah, well, if, if, you, if your name's David, but you want to be called Mark, then that's fine. And then she said, right, what do you want for, what do you want for your food? What do you want for your dinner? I said, well, because I'm terrified of hospitals and, and the food especially. So I said, I don't really want anything. I'm really sorry. My wife will bring the food in. Mavis, we've got, we've got a problem here. He doesn't want to eat anything. So I said, no, honestly, look, I don't want any food at all. I, I just want to have my wife bring, bring it to me. She said, well, will you, you, you'll have a cup of tea. I said, no, I can't. I'm oh, sorry. I've got this thing where I just can't eat or drink in hospitals. And it is, it is real. I can't do that. It makes me feel real, even more ill than I was already. So anyway, so we might finally got it straight. And I said, right, so I'm called Mark, not David, and I don't eat anything. Ten minutes later, head round the door, cup of tea, David. <laughs> and on it went all week, trying to feed me, calling me David. I never got away with, I never got Mark, it was always David. But God took me through those two hip replacements. And then almost soon as, as soon as I'd done that, I had a really tough experience because I went to the doctor with, with something that I thought was indigestion. And I ended up having open heart surgery. Uh, and since then, my, my mental health has been really tough because in my head, I'm still that guy who goes running and plays squash. But of course I'm not. And I found that really hard to, to come to terms with. I still can't uh, say, can say it. Can't say the words heart attack, still not. Can't say it. So it's it's been tough. I've got um, probably got PTSD, but uh, where where I find it is post traumatic stress disorder. So I find it really hard to talk about. Uh, as you can see, I find it emotionally draining to think about it. And it's because it was such a shock. Uh, but the miracle is, the good bit is that because I'd gone running so much. All right. It, cost me hips but I can still walk but the good bit is that that saved my heart because I kept my heart really fit and so my heart survived for years and years with just a little trickle of blood flowing to it and so they had to do a triple bypass to get more blood going to it and then I was like like this once they did it um, it's taken me a while to get used to my heart beating so so much so heavily um, but, but mentally, I've found it really difficult to get to grips with. But God's given me this song that's been my anthem, which we'll sing later, which is It Is Well, because I just love that story about, what's his name, Sparford, whatever he was called, Spar, is it Sparford? Yeah, was that his name? I can never remember his name, but the guy who lost his family and he had a really tough time, but he was able to write this brilliant song called It Is Well, and that's been my anthem. It took me through hospital, well, God took me through hospital, took me through the episode that I had. And, and I've been able to cling to him and cling to that song. That's incredible. Let's give him a clap, eh? Wow. <laughs> so, um, 
almost a, a sad point, really, but you're, you're moving on. You're moving to a new area. You're leaving uh, Bramall and this church. Do you want to tell us, Rachel, where you are and, and the story behind this move? I think it's, it's incredible. Yeah, so we're moving. We're going to Stratford-upon-Avon area-ish, around there. So this... Is God's calling, very clear. Very clear that we're going to Stratford, but it is a nice area. (laughs) (laughs) We're quite happy about that. (laughs) So, yeah, this all happened in the space about two weeks. So at Christmas, just gone, Christmas 18, everything was normal. Life was just as it always was. And then by the 6th of January, we knew we were moving. So we had Christmas here, and then we were at um, our goddaughter's 18th birthday party in London on the 5th of January. So we went down, stayed in London, and on the Sunday morning, because we, we kept getting um, sort of work, we, we started thinking that, that this was a possibility, because we kept getting it in our readings and through friends, um, and a lot, of wor- a lot of words about trusting in God and change. And so after this party, we, 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 we had in mind that we were going to be called to Stratford-upon-Avon area. So we went, we thought it would be a good idea if we went to the church on the way home. So we, we went to Stratford-upon-Avon Baptist Church, which is nothing like this church, <laughs> I can tell you. Um, as in, this is a lot better. <laughs> um, so we went, and the, the morning before, well, that morning, in the Word for Today, which we get on email, I'll read you part of it. And the heading is, he's not sending you, he's taking you. And there's a verse out of Deuteronomy which it says, do not be afraid for the Lord your God goes with you. And this is the second part of, of the, um, the word for today that we got. And it says, when you attempt something you've never done before, it's normal to feel afraid. When you're asked to do a job for which you feel unqualified, it's normal to feel afraid. When you attempt something you failed at previously, it's normal to feel afraid. But it's in doing the thing you fear that you grow and your confidence in God grows. Today, God is saying to you, be courageous and strong. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God stays with you wherever you go. That should motivate you to go anywhere he tells you to go. And the truth is, when God says go, he's not sending you somewhere. He's taking you. So we had that reading on the Sunday morning. And then we went to church. And we sort of boosted the congregation by about 20%. (laughs) And and a guy came straight over to us, thought, oh, people. And he came over and chatted. And... Um, we asked how long he'd been there, and he said he'd only moved there the year before. He used to live in Cheshire. He felt very strongly that God was saying to him that he must just put his house on the market and be brave and move house and move area to Stratford. And, and this is that sort of tied in what everything that we'd we'd been told through that that week. And I just looked at Mark and said, "Looks like we're moving." <laughs> and so that's that's why we're going. And what was the music like in the church, Mark? Up to your standards? It wasn't like it is here. It, <laughs> it was very different. It was, it was a very small band, um, lovely blokes, but they just had a piano and a, a drum kit. So 
It was, it was, you know, they were lovely guys, but, you know, we're so blessed here, aren't we, with what we have, you know. And what, what's amazing is when I met with Mark and Rachel, um, their house hadn't been sold and you, you hadn't put an offer in, a, in into a house, had you? And um, Rachel, you, do you want to share what you said about about stepping out in faith? About yeah, I'm sticking, what did I say? Um, well, we, this, this service has, has sort of been in the pipeline, obviously, for a little while. And we, we just, we had our, we put our house on the market in January when we got back from Stratford and we had that word. And... We, we thought, oh, well, if God's in this, the house will just sell within about a minute and it'll all be fine. And it didn't. And up until last week, we were still in that position. But I felt very strongly that if, if God has, to, has told us to do this, then God, God's in it, then God's in it. And that's as simple as that. So we carried on with the service thinking we would be saying to you that we haven't, we haven't sold the house. We don't know when it's going to be that we're moving. But we're going, we're going to do it. Anyway, this week we had an offer on the house. So we're now sold and we've had our offer accepted on the house we're buying as well. Awesome. So God, God is amazing in every way. And Mark, what, what, how does that change what you've been involved with and, and your music ministry and things like that? What, what are you going to be doing in Stratford? So I'm, I'm going to be doing more of what I'm doing in that... Um, I'm, I'm carry on, carrying on working with Zark, and I'll be much nearer to Zark. Rachel will be nearer both the sisters. I'll be an hour away from Zark to work with him. And so we're going to do a lot more writing. We're going to do a lot more work on icing worship, uh, which, is, which is one of our projects that we're developing. We, we still, just before I tell you about that, we do still write songs for icing pop, which is a ministry that many of you have been in, involved in by supporting it, praying for it, giving to it. And we still write for that, and it's doing. It's now doing over a hundred mission weeks a, a, a year. And Ms. heads up the the team that run the actual the mission weeks in the primary schools. But Zark and I are still involved with, with the writing for that project. But we also work very hard on the management and the song release for a thing called Icing Worship. And we were using a derivative of Icing Worship today. Now, as I said before, this church is extremely blessed with loads of talented musicians but we've developed these resources on the worship a thing called the worship zone which we can pull up now we've developed resources for churches that just haven't got uh, musicians and so people who are struggling all over the world are able to use resources like icing worship and something called worship lyric videos and worship audio tracks if you go to the worship zone you can see the different resources but they are, I, I didn't write the software for them, but we have a, a Zark's brother, he's a sort of software boffin, and, and, and so he writes this incredible software uh, for these resources, and then Zark works on the, the music side, and I work on the management side. And we want to put a lot more time into that, because it's helping so many people around the world worship. So we're really committed to that. I also actually, these days, these days help other ministries as well with tra with training and all sorts of different things so it's a bit of a variety uh, i have to watch it a little bit because i have to look after myself and i have to keep my wife as a priority and my family yeah so 
obviously a, a mix of emotions of really sad to see you go, but it, it's clear that God's in this and moving on to great things. But what can we be praying for? Because, you know, you're still part of the family here. How can yeah. we support you? First of all, before we do that, can I just say thank you so much? <laughs> for all the support you've given over the years we've been here nearly 20 years and you have just been fantastic the way you've prayed for us and supported us and the way all the different bands and projects that have happened over the years that you have willingly supported I'm so grateful you know we are so grateful for the way you've, you've, you've supported it um, if you would like to carry on supporting us have a word with me or if you'd like to be a fresh supporter we are still needing support for what Zark and I are working on, so, but that's not what today is about. Today, today is about thanking this church for how incredible, incredible you've been uh, in backing us in and what also, we've done over the years. Yeah, and also uh, the same goes for the, all the support we had while Mark was poorly, because that was just amazing. Um, I don't really know how people get through something like that when they don't have the support network of a church, mm. and God, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> But things you can pray for, I mean, do you want to tell them things to pray for with the move? Yeah, right? to start with, obviously the practicalities, because we're at that stage of it where you just think, how does anybody ever actually move house? Because there's so many things that need to come together. So there's that. But a, a huge thing for me particularly is, is prayer for my mum. She's really struggling with it. Because I'm, I'm the last daughter to be here. Um, so she's really finding it very hard that we won't be here. And also just that we, we settled in, we settle in where we're going in Stratford and also that the work carries on growing, that would be great. And the, you lot stay in touch with us because we don't want to lose all our mates. Because <laughs> we don't actually know anybody in Stratford. Oh, okay, let's pray for them. Um, what we'll do is if you guys stand and if anybody wants to come forward, um, put a hand on Mark and Rachel and let's, let's lift them up in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for this amazing couple, this amazing family that so many of us have been enriched by. Uh, their love for each other, their love for you, but just for who they are. And I thank you that we can learn so much from their testimony today, that actually you're with us in all things, um, but actually you're more, more interested in us and our relationship with you and with each other than what we can do for you even though you do delight in uh, working with us. And we just pray for your favour on them right now, Lord. Pray for the favour with this house, that the offer will be the right offer and that all goes through to completion super quickly, that they get the right house in Stratford, Lord, that uh, just the doors will open that they need to go through, Lord. We pray for all the emotional uh, doors that they need to work through and, and, and walk through, Lord. And um, pray particularly for Jill, Lord. Uh, we love Jill. She's been such a support over the years to her family. And you know exactly what's going on with her right now, with the fears and uh, the struggles. And we just pray you give her clarity of mind, Lord. Uh, over the future, Lord. We pray that you give her peace of mind, that peace that the past is all uh, understanding, Lord, the peace you can't buy down Tesco's, Lord. Would you just 
love her, comfort her, that her and Chick will be a real comfort to each other, Lord. And I pray that you would release Rach from any kind of pressure, uh, that uh, her being the last daughter here, you know, that it's not her responsibility, Lord. But I just pray that they would have some great moments together. And I just pray the family will club together. And yeah, just your favour in abundance over each and every one of us. As Ella moves off to university and Georgia stays here, Lord, would you just give them all peace of mind and knowing that uh, their family will never, uh, well, they will stay strong and they will know that, that they're, they're together wherever they are geographically. So bless them, Lord. They've been such a blessing to us uh, personally, but also to the church. And we just thank you for them, Lord. Uh, just bless them in abundance. Amen. Yeah, Father, we give you thanks for the story that we've heard this morning, Lord. The one thing that rings out to me, Lord, is that you are faithful. Mm -hmm. um, even when, when things have not gone well and, um, yeah, appeared to be horrendous, Lord, um, thank you that you've been there, Lord, all along. And the very reason that these guys can sing that song, It Is Well, with my soul, is because things are right with you, Lord. Not Things might not be right everywhere in their world, Lord, but things are right with you. And Lord, thank you that that's how they can sing those words. And uh, as we do later, Lord, I pray that you would just affirm again to them, Lord, that you're with them in the midst of this, Lord. You're going to provide. We do speak provision in Jesus' name, whatever they need, Lord. And uh, thank you also, Lord, that you command us not to be anxious about anything. And Lord, I pray that they would be able to rest in your faithfulness again, uh, knowing that they're in your hands and uh, that you will walk with them. Um, on this next step, Lord, and it will be an incredibly fruitful step. I pray, Lord, that you would blow their expectation with how they think they've been blessed in the past and how fruitful they think they've been in the past, Lord, that um, this next season would it be even more fruitful, mm. even more blessed, even more provided for, even more loved. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Father God, we, we love Mark and Rachel, we commit them to you. We pray you'll help them. With the move, we pray everything will go smoothly at both ends, Father, with all the solicitors and paperwork and everything else, and we commit that to you. We pray, Father, they'll settle, settle quickly in Stratford-upon-Avon into a new church and they'll make new friends, and we pray that you will use them in that church and you'll bless them in the months ahead. I pray for Mark, you'll bless him physically and mentally, you'll keep him well, mm. bless them as a couple. Just remind them that you have called them and that you want to use them in that new place. We pray for the continuing work of icing worship. We pray that you will bless that and that you'll use that work and that because of that work, people around the world will be able to worship you. We, we just commit this couple to you. We love them, Father, but we know that you love them more than us. Mm. And we pray that you'll be with them, surround them with your love and be all that they need in the weeks and months ahead. And we commit them to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord, we thank you for these special friends, and we thank you, Lord, that you are taking them to a new place, even though we're going to miss them so much. But, Lord, we go with them in love, and, Lord, we pray that in the midst of all the practicalities of moving, that uh, your stillness would be within them. And so we pray for peace and stillness over these next few weeks and in the upcoming months and years. And we thank you, Lord, that you've shown yourself to them so much. Pray for your protection over them and for your blessing. Amen. Amen. 
So, Father, go with them, and we know that you are taking them, not sending them. Lord, we just pray now that you protect them mentally and physically, particularly through the move. Lord, in your name, we pray against this PTSD. We ask that we talk about that in past tense, not present tense. Lord, may this new place be a place of peace. Will it be almost like the promised land for them, filled with milk and honey, that they will discover new things about themselves, discover new things about you, Lord. And Lord, we pray for Georgia and Ella as they go on to other things and Georgia stays here. Lord, protect them and help them through this change. May you surround them with the people that they need to. And Lord, it's been an honor to witness you working through this amazing couple and the amazing work of innovation and, the, and all the bands that Mark's worked with. And Lord, may it continue for your kingdom and your kingdom only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mark and Rachel. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.